Good morning, good morning. It's the second Monday of 2024. What on earth? Is it already flying by for you? Get some light on here. It's kind of a weird light. Let's see, it's weird like snow light. Okay, there we go. So good morning. Um, all righty, all squared away. I was listening to some John Maxwell and I was like, oh, I could just share that. So <clears throat> I am, one of my commitments is to um, growing this year. And um, of course, I always say, and we, we always say that we cannot expect others to do things that we are not willing to do, right? So um, guess what? I am going back and doing my life book. I'm also going to um, listen to the YouTube. There's a YouTube channel that covers the life book and there's a podcast. Did you guys know that? Um, Tiffany was telling us the other day, telling me the other day that she, um, that when someone's financially in a tough place that she sends them the YouTube channel and she sends them a podcast every week on the, on the, the habit that they would be in. I think that sounds like a lot of extra stuff, but I was like, well, I could do that for myself. So, um, so super excited about that. Okay. So a couple of things. I got this really cool new, um, like inspiring, thoughtful quotes from the, some of the most talented and inspiring women throughout history. So I opened it up today and this is January 1st on the calendar. Um, but I was thinking about our habits of uh, our hot six habits of transformational leadership, our six habits of transformational leadership. And if you guys don't know what they are, um, I think it would be really cool for us to do a post on that because they're not super easy to find but the very first these are the habits that dr a um, developed with helen irwin when we were rebranding from take shape for life who is here since take shape for life put a one in the chat it's hilarious that some of us have not been here since then, but yeah. So I have Danielle, Damien, I know Andrea Rouge, Shorg was here. Um, yeah, the last bit, there you go. So some of the real old salty sea dogs. <laughs> so when we say salty sea dogs, we mean take shape for life coaches, but what they did um, when they rebranded to Optavia was it was the signifying of us closing all four of the channels except for the coaching channel because it was the channel that created the most successful long-term results. So the the, one of the channels was direct selling through physicians' offices with no coaching. Second channel was direct selling through 
in like storefronts, like you could walk into a store and buy fuelings, no coaching. And then the third, whoa, hey, the third one, <laughs> the third one was um, directly uh, uh, direct to consumers. So they could go on the website, purchase fuelings and not get a coach. Didn't do well. None of those channels produced great results. The fourth channel that we had was the coaching model. And guess what? That's where all the success was. So um, the first, so when they were rebranding, they hired this world-renowned uh, leadership expert who was also an expert in branding. And her name was Helen Irwin. Many of you guys have trained with her and that's pretty cool. And um, some of us have trained with her for years and years, and we were really sad that TLDP was phased out, um, but really happy that I was able to be a part of it for five years. And, um, and many of you guys were as well. And I happen to believe that all that growth that we had has been infused throughout our teams. And oh my gosh, Heidi, right? I know it just like made me realize that I was not leading in my potential. Um, a lot of times I was in the drama triangle in my own head um, more than I thought I was. And also it taught me how to actually lead outside of just Optavia, which was kind of cool, like parenting in my relationships, um, stop being a big baby, and also, you know, like expecting people to act a certain way. And then when they don't, I just like get my feelings hurt or judge them silently with my silent judgy eyes and, um, and you know, and not really putting myself in a position of saying, okay, does this person add to my life and do I love them? And if both of those are true, then I get to accept them the way they are. And if I love them, but they are not adding to my life, then I can choose what to do. I can change that relationship. I can put, you know, put it sort of distance myself out a little bit, create some loving boundaries. And if they don't add to my life and I, I don't love what they're doing and I don't stand for or believe in what they're doing, then rather than judging them, I got to either put up boundaries or break up with them. And they don't have to know if you're just putting up boundaries, right? And, uh, but they do have to know if you're breaking up with them. And I had to do that with a couple of people um, that were extremely, they weren't extremely toxic. It was creating toxicity in me, okay? So, I had to come to grips with that and I had to learn to love the sound of my footsteps walking away from people and things that do not serve me. All right. So during this whole TLDP mentorship with Helen Irwin, uh, we did this journal club. We met every single day at 7am, which was the precursor to our 7am power hour. Right, ladies? Is that right? And gentlemen? It was that's when we met right so we started this practice a long time ago we did it for probably a couple of years and it was awesome and we just literally processed and practiced leadership together and um 
I realized that within our team, we had the most incredible leaders. And um, anyway, so the hot six, the habits of transformational leadership that Helen worked, and by the way, she's a mentor of Dr. A. So any mentor of Dr. A is welcome to be a mentor of mine. <laughs> but she helped develop the habits, the six habits of trans transformational leadership. And we call it the hot six. And it's kind of jokingly because it kind of sounds like sex. And so every time someone says it from the stage, all of the leaders kind of laugh. But anyway, we, especially when Dr. A calls, says it because he, he talks really fast. And anyway, um, so the very first habit of transformational leadership is we lead from the future, we act in the now. We lead from the future, we act from the now. We act in the now. And these, these were developed by Dr. A with Helen Irwin to embody the leadership that we, that we really want our leaders to grasp, okay? And it's a great, I mean, the habit number one is really, and this is really leadership. This is not like, you know, we don't expect senior coaches to behave this way. Some do, which is pretty impressive to me. I'll occasionally bring a coach in and I'm just like, whoa, this person is a way better leader at this phase than I ever was. But um, but that's all about structural tension. And it's like our map, which <laughs> I just tidied up my desk and I moved my map wherever it went. It makes me sad. Let me find it. Hang on. If I can find it, it should be right here. Nope. Million health assessments in a stack. Okay. Oh, here it is. No. Nope. Okay. I'm going through that spring clean early, but Tom did hand me all these old maps of ours, and I'm going to try to reorganize. I'm going to be a little more like Misty Hart. I'm going to try to get my life organized a little bit more <laughs> with um, different things, uh, because if I plan on doing this whole thing again, building a whole new IPD team, then that means I've got to be able to manage and love and support the people who are here and the people who are coming to my future. So in my future, I'm going to need to be more organized because I'm going to be having a lot more people in my life. Okay, my whole point around this is structural tension on the map. We look at our current reality. That's the bottom of the map. We look at the future, the end of next month. That's the top of our map. And then what we do through the middle of the map, the hundreds list or the 30 list on there, the dream coach list that's on there every month. And I encourage you to handwrite this. Um, and then our current clients, because they are our future, the people who I'm going to take care of and be committed to taking care of and calling them on the first one through four days and doing a celebration call with and having my my sponsoring glasses on and envisioning their future behind my eyes and sharing that with them before they can even see it. And then I write all over my map, right? I write, you know, who's, you know, who's going through something important. Who are the people like, who are the people showing up to power hours or leading or admining or, 
you know, who are the people who are showing up even though they're injured or in pain? Michelle Sims, I know that was you right now. Um, <laughs> the girl who has had so many injuries in the last year, but that was me for a couple of years. So not picking on you. I'm actually admiring that in you. And it is super hard to show up whenever you are, you know, going through things. Okay. All that being said, leading from the future, guys, I want you to imagine we were just listening to a John Maxwell podcast in the pre-party, and he says we always underestimate, uh, we overestimate what we can do in a month, we underestimate what we can do in a year. Our map helps us see, and so I love on my map, I wrote my word for the year, which is abundance. I wrote my phrase for the year, which is inconvenient obedience, which means if someone else is available to do a health assessment at that time, then I'm going to try to be available, even if it's inconvenient. I don't care. So, um, so anyway, then I open up my awesome little present from my family who know me. It's a tearaway calendar with these inspiring words. And January 1st, a quote from Diana Ross. Instead of looking at the past, I put myself ahead 20 years and try to look at what I need to do now in order to get there then. Instead of looking at the past, I put myself ahead 20 years and try to look at what I need to do now in order to get there then. Lead from the future, act in the now, reverse engineer, whatever you want to call it, that's exactly what Dr. A teaches us to do. I'm like, okay, I think I'm just gonna leave it on January 1st <laughs> for today. Cause that's exactly what I have been ruminating about. Like, how do we think about, how do I think about another IPD team and you guys, I mean, like, I can't think about it. Like, oh, I'm gonna build another IPD team. Guess what? I'm going senior coach every month myself. I want to bring on five new clients. Guess what? I want to go blend a DD again. I'm going to bring on a couple more senior coaches. I'm going to try to do that every single month. Guess what? I'm going to go FIBC again. I'm going to double my frontline volume. I'm going to bring on five senior coaches on my frontline. New legs of senior coaches. That's the reverse engineer. Okay, if I'm going to go IPD again, I got to go senior coach probably every month. I got to go ED again, double my frontline volume. I got to bring on a couple of new legs, one to two legs of senior coaches every month. You're like, how on earth are you going to do that? I'm going to do what I did in the beginning. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to live it out loud. I'm going to tell everyone who will listen. I'm going to annoy the crap out of people. Not really, but I'm going to find people who are looking for me. And if they're standing in a room with 20 naysayers, I'm going to find the one who is looking for me. And that means swimming through a bunch of muck. That might mean sleeping on the floor when all the beds are taken because at my house I only hold so many people and I'll sleep on the floor. Inconvenient obedience, leading from the future, act in the now. P.S. I am so freaking proud of you guys. I cannot tell you enough how proud I am of you guys.
the leadership. I see you doing the work. I see you guys doing it tired. I see you guys doing it messy. And I don't care because messy trumps perfect in action every time. So I would love for just for you guys, I would, I mean, this might not be your phrase this year, but for me this year, inconvenient obedience is my phrase. And I would love by, you know, a three in the chat or something, if anyone would like to adopt that, if that, if this is your season for that, put a three in the chat. If it's not, you can put your, either your word or some new commitment. And, you know, I know that you guys, some of your commitments this year are incredibly personal and close to home. I love that. You don't have to put anything too private in the chat, but love it. Never give up. I know. Sarah, let me just tell you, I live there already, but you will be surprised. You will be shocked when you actually say this to yourself all day, every day, how much we realize, I realized, I'm like, oh no, uh-uh, hmm, I could be doing a lot more, right? That's the abundance mindset. There's always more. I can create, I can do all kinds of things. So, too much flexibility. Okay, focusing on the domain, thanks. There you go. Okay, awesome. All right, so... Thank you guys so much for being here. And um, I have literally never been so on fire. Um, I am going to play something for you guys really quickly. If you have heard it, I want us to listen to it again. It's not gonna change anything. And if you need something to do with your hands, you can, um, well, I think listening to this is gonna be really important. <clears throat> so let's just listen to it together again. So hang on. I gotta find it. While you are, while I'm pulling this up, would you please put in the chat the, your biggest takeaway in a couple of words from the week one of boot camp, please, whether it's for yourself or for your team, things that your team have heard. Please put that in the chat. I want to see it. Okay. It was so much for me. For me, I think the biggest thing was probably the whole like you know the probably the thing that i have been least consistent in is starting conversations because we did that for a while and then we were like no conversations don't work but what i realized is that we weren't doing conversations right and i will say that um that i do disagree with dan um a bit and you know by joining their boot camp we're putting ourselves in a position where we're going to hear things where we're like mm, that's not 100% how we do it, or maybe I don't 100% disagree, I mean, agree with that. And, you know, as leaders, it's that emotional agility to, um, to really be able to talk your teams through that. And, you know, we don't just say hi in a conversation. I personally think that's really weird. It's very transparent. Um, I believe that 
building the relationship and making connections is really where it's at. And, um, and we will talk about that more um, later, but it's, it's really about finding common ground and, you know, learning how to, maybe it is start conversations, but I am a, that's probably the place that I have been lacking. So, um, so anyway, I'm committing to starting conversations. I'm doing all the things that Dan is talking about. So, okay, let's listen to this really quickly. And this is going to give us a level mindset around, and let me just make the disclaimer around medically supported weight loss. Our team, uh, we don't have as a whole, I wouldn't say that we have um, much of a mindset issue around medically supported weight loss, but I think that this, that there are other organizations who do, and I think it's because we as a whole, not everyone, but as a whole, we have overall been um, early adopters of this. So let's listen because we have had a few people and I just really like the way Cassandra Reagan um, lays this out. So I know that everyone or maybe some of you feel maybe a little unsure of this new element of coaching that we are embarking upon and it can feel a little bit overwhelming. So maybe you've never been on the shot or medically supported weight loss and you may be feeling like you are unable to coach someone on the shot well or maybe you're not sure how you even feel about the shot which I think is a lot of people. And I know it's really hard to support something that you maybe don't even believe in. I want to assure you that whether you agree with these new drugs or not, it's not the medications that you are supporting, but rather someone who is in a very desperate place. And that's something that we're all familiar with and we can connect with, right? So let me start with an analogy. Let's say, there's a large body of water and you are the guide to help them get to the other side of that body of water. In fact, you are the guiding light to numerous people showing them this bridge that you have found. And that bridge is safe and it's, it's safe passage to that far off shore. However, some people just go over that bridge, they get to the other side and they stay there. But not everyone who tries to cross that bridge makes it all the way across before sliding back. Some people try and try and they keep sliding back. And then others, they try and try to even just step on the bridge. But for some reason that they can't see and you can't see either, they just keep hitting this invisible resistance and you can't figure it out and they can't figure it out. Some of these frustrated people who are determined to make it to the other side they choose a more dangerous path. They choose to jump in the water and swim to the other side. It's not the ideal path. We know it, they know it. We know the bridge is the ideal path, but they can't see another way. So what do they do? They jump in the water. Now, some of these people who have jumped in the water, a few struggle, but they doggle, excuse me, doggy paddle their way to the other side and they make it. But most of them, they make it halfway at most before they begin to drown. Now, my question to you is this, what do you do about the ones who jumped in the water and they're starting to go under? I mean, you don't agree with it, right? 
So do you talk to them? Do you look down at them while they're going under for the third time? Do you remind them, hey, you know, the bridge is just right there. Do you say, I told you this wasn't gonna work. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm going to jump in the water with them right where they're at. And I'm going to rescue swim with them across the lake. See, I have a life preserver called a transformed mind and a transformed health. So I can actually give them the buoyancy they need to get across. So, but what about the ones who pushed and pushed against the entrance to the bridge only to be repelled over and over again until they just gave up and they sat down? They didn't even jump in the water. They didn't cross the bridge. They just stayed on this side where they're at. Staying on this side of the lake is not an option, you guys. This side means sickness, non-sickness, early death, low quality of life. It's not an option. So what if you, with your life preserver, they're not gonna, they can't get on the bridge. We've tried, they can't step, right? So what if you, with your life preserver, could guide them into the water and lead them across the other side? That's my analogy. So let me say this, why is Optavia even considering this? Bluntly put, because the world is dying. Extreme obesity shortens life expectancy as much as 14 years. And the NIH predicted that by 2030, that's in what, uh, six years, I'm doing the math in my head, 50% of Americans, one out of every two American will be obese. So according to Optavia's research, half of our potential clients, that's one in every two of potential clients looking to lose weight, they're actually open to medical weight loss solutions. So 96% of that, one out of two people, 96% of them realize that it's going to take nutritional and behavioral modification. They, they know it, but only 17% are confident that they can manage on their own. So most of them know that the medical weight loss won't be permanent. They know it. So that's where we have to come in because the real problem actually isn't that their weight loss won't be permanent. They think that's the problem. You probably think that's the problem. The real problem is that these medications can cause even more complicated obesity problems once they discontinue them due to skeletal muscle loss if they do not have proper behavioral and nutritional guidance with them. That's the real problem. But they're going to have real problems if they are not assisted. So really quick, what is medically supported weight loss? It's simply the process of reaching a healthy weight through medication and the monitoring of a healthcare professional. And this is a wide variety of drugs, not just the, not just the shots, you guys, actually pills, even bariatric surgery. And it's not the easy way out, you guys, but it should help them be more compliant to a health program. It's not in place of a health program, though some try to do it with disastrous results. It's actually helping them to be compliant to a health program. And it's the support of a coach who walks alongside of them, helping them understand nutrition and lifestyle change. It's combination therapy that is all patient-centered. So you guys, Optavia knows that the medications are not the answer. Our mission has not changed. We still advocate nutrition behavioral 
mindset transformation. We've simply decided, you guys, we can't stand by and watch people jump in the deep end of this lake and drown. We can't just sit there and watch them drown. These meds are simply a tool, a tool that actually helps a very specific demographic of people. One, the ones who are gonna do it anyway. In fact, they are already doing it. And I guarantee, and I'm sure some of you have realized as this has come out, I guarantee some of your clients are on the shot and haven't even told you. They, they started calling me. Oh, I gotta tell you, I'm on the shot. And guess what? They aren't losing weight. You know why they're not losing weight? They're not getting protein, right? So the ones who are already going to do it and they are already doing it and the ones who have a qualifying BMI of greater than or equal to 30 or greater than 27 with some qualifying health conditions and they're all stuck. Those are the ones, right? So 30 and 27, but you have to have qualifying health conditions, right? So the reality is I am a medically supported weight loss patient. I didn't even realize it until I started watching those Wednesday night videos. I am you guys. I had failed bariatric surgery because I didn't have the nutritional and behavioral support, but I got it. Praise God for Chantel Seneca. Yes, most of my restriction from the surgery is gone. I mean, I ate eight ounces of chicken the other night, but not all of it, right? Optavia was the missing component I needed. The surgery didn't work for me. The other tool didn't work for me. It's not the answer. It wasn't the answer. So what will coaching experience look like? Now, obviously, next week, we're going to talk more on Tuesday night, but I'll tell you, and Emily, I'm going to need your help here. I have already changed the language on my job form. I have added this to my job form. Have you utilized in the past or are you currently utilizing one of the following medically supported weight loss tools? Bariatric surgery, the GLP-1 shots, the pills like fentramine, things like that. And I need to know the second part in regards to highly addictive foods. Are you highly sensitive, moderately sensitive or low sensitive? And finally, I let them know the program I coach is a habit transformation system. It addresses lifestyle change in the form of nutritional and behavioral support. However, we have combination therapy options available to those who desire both medically supported, remember what they said, one out of two people are interested who desire both medically supported weight loss in conjunction with lifestyle transformation. Do you desire to discuss if combination therapy would be a good fit for you? That's good, Emily. We can post this somewhere else. Literally, all they have to say is no, or they can say maybe, and that's all you need to know, maybe. Maybe, because that shows you where their mindset is. That doesn't even mean you have to even ever suggest it again, but at least you know, and they know that it's an option, and you know where they may go if our traditional path doesn't work for them, okay? So what is our posture to be? And I'm almost done, you guys. We need a curious, interested, and non-judgmental approach. I know some of us have really, I had really strong opinions about this because bariatric surgery was not the answer for me. But firstly, we have to understand that there are some clients who need extra help when it comes to highly addictive foods. Some have low, medium, and high susceptibilities. I had high. The shots can help those with high susceptibility to be compliant while on the five and one for a longer, consistent period of time. And why is that important? 
Well, as we know from section 1.5 of the habit, habits of health, that when we practice a habit consistently over a long period of time, it is more likely we will automate that habit. And when it comes to food addiction, it's imperative to automate habits um, so that there are some foods that they no longer eat. That has to be a habit for them because when you go back to addictive foods, it's more likely you become what? Re-addicted because that's the nature of addiction and addictive things, right? So especially if you have high susceptibility. So we're going to meet people where they're at, number two. Number one, I, I we, we are going to have to understand that there's some clients that have, you know, deeper needs. And two, we got to meet them where they're at respect their choices, challenges, and their struggles in regards to their losing weight and maintaining a healthy weight. An individual's choice to take the medication is actually between them and their healthcare provider. Unfortunately, it's none of our business, right? Again, we aren't partnering with the medications. We are partnering with a desperate individual to save their own life. We're helping them save their own life. So look, these medications aren't going away. One can't help someone who has given up. But if these meds can help someone move from a place of hopelessness into a place of hope, it opens up an opportunity to work with people who we wouldn't be able to help otherwise, because they're just going to go sit on the side of the shore and they're not going to do anything. So you guys, I was desperate for a solution and I was willing to risk my own life with surgery. If we can remember that most of these people, that's where they're at, we can move with empathy and not a critical spirit. So finally, how do we get them going if they aren't already with a provider, you know, the ones who are secretly doing it. Well, as of yesterday, there should be a blue banner across the Optavia site, the Optavia.com, um, where new and old clients can actually click to see if they qualify. And that's it. If they, if they qualify, guess what? You coach them like you always have. <clears throat> Nothing changes, right? We just make sure they're getting that protein in. We're going to coach them like always with empathy, with compassion, and remember, you are to be an integral part of their journey, whether with or without the medications. So. I just thought that was really very good. Okay, <clears throat> so oh, I didn't look at the chat as we were going through. Um, okay. All right, so um, with that, if you guys have any folks who are, you know, having some mental blocks or whatever, um, I would encourage you to reach out to your FIBC or your global. I think that as a whole, you know, there there have just been a few. Like I know that some people have maybe a like resistance light you know but um but just hearing all of those stats and realizing that up to 50 percent of our client population over the next you know let's say you know we always under overestimate we can do it a month underestimate what we can do in a year maybe in a year um i know that for me i have um probably five or six that are on my weekly call list and um and you know out of 40 that are that are on the medication so it's certainly not this minute but maybe in a year that might be different so okay 
Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna shift, I'm gonna shift a little bit here um, and tell you guys a story. Okay. Um, a story really quickly here. Um, in this story, a father has two sons. The younger son asks for his portion of his inheritance from his father and his father grants the request. The son, however, is wasteful and extravagant. That's what the word prodigal means, by the way, wasteful and extravagant. Thus, he squandered his fortune and eventually became destitute. As a consequence, now he must return home empty-handed and intend to and intend to beg his father to accept him back as a servant. To the son's surprise, he is not scorned by his father, but he is welcomed back with celebration and a huge welcoming party. Envious, the older son refuses to participate in the festivities. The father tells his older son, you are uh, you are ever with me and that and all that I have is yours, but your younger brother was lost and now he is found. So this is one of the parables and it's in, you know, it's who knew that all that religious education I had <laughs> come in handy, but um, <laughs> but it's it's in the Gospel of Luke, um, this story and um, and I wanted to tell you guys this because let me just say that I am, you know, you guys are with me and we are all here. And if there are people out there that we've been coaching with who may need to find their way back, I want to encourage all of us to welcome them back with a party and hugs and joy because they are lost. And many of the people out there who, let's say, you know, last year was very disconcerting for some, right, it, it, for many people. And there are a lot of things going on with people and some people stepped away and made this not a priority. Um, I'll give you one example. We have a coach um, having nothing to do with what happened in 2023. But we have a coach in depth who um, whose son has, has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, about three or four months ago, he was basically sent home on hospice. And, um, and, you know, we were all devastated for her. And she's very well loved and, um, and someone who was all in and building a team. And this young man was um, eight or nine years old at the time. So her coach, you know, immediately stepped in and said, let me tell me how I can help you. Right. And this is one of those cases where <laughs> like, I'll call all your clients. I will. And we rarely would do that. Right. We would say, I'll take half, you take the other half. But this was a case where the coach reached in and said, I'll take care of all your clients and all of your coaches. And the joyous part of this story is that this little boy is now enrolled in a clinical trial and they are traveling the family, the whole family is traveling between 
um, where they live and I think Tennessee. So right now, the, and it's not like she's squandering anything, so she's not prodigal, but, um, but my hopes is that, my hope is that, you know, when she's through all of this, and I don't care if it's six months or a year or three years, that she would, you know, that she knows that she would be welcomed back with joyous, happy, loving arms and um and i'm just so super proud of the mentors who are supporting her through this and um and that's the season we're in guys and not everyone is going you know people are going through things like that we had someone in our organization whose husband lost his life to depression and suicide and the support that she got through this community she says saved her she has two toddlers. So this is the kind of love and support, the kind of celebrating, the kind of family that we have here. And I just wanted to remind you guys the story of the prodigal son. Now, those people are not prodigal, but there are people who are what I would call disenchanted right now because of any number of things. Number one, we have active and if you're not on calls, guess what? It feels like it's happening so fast, right? How many calls have we done on active? A million. How many months did we grow in that coaches in motion group? Months, weeks, months. How deliberate were we with how we rolled that out? And you guys crushed it. But to those people who were not present, it still felt, yeah, 74. 4 million. I don't even know what that number is, but yes. But to them, it felt like they were left in the dust because they weren't showing up. So guess what? Our job as the parent welcoming them back is not to say, well, you should have been all the, all the damn calls. We spent, you know, we were on a full-time mission for months trying to teach everyone this. And then now they hear that we're partnering with a drug right? Just like she said in there, we're not partnering with a drug, we're partnering with people who need a life preserver. And so now the more things, the more that time goes on and right, we're always evolving and changing. The more that time goes on, that widens the gap between their knowledge and their ability to come back home. They feel confused. They feel like everything's been quote happening so fast. And we're just at the beginning of teaching people about medical weight loss, right? And notice our stance on this is a little different. We're not, we're not, you know, fervently teaching about this because this is a little different, right? We're not promoting medical weight loss. Active, I can fully get behind and promote because we all need it, right? Medical weight loss, we're not promoting it but we're going to begin to learn to lead in this arena, educate, because some of our clients are going to participate and are gonna need this. So you will notice that all these things um, that are happening, and this won't be the only thing, right? It'll be the cruise, it'll be um, you know us changing. I still have people showing up for boot camp times. I mean, not boot camp, warrior workshop times. And 
they're going to feel like they've missed something. And it's our job as leaders to make sure that they feel um, that things aren't happening, you know, whirlwind happening around them. Okay. Oh, so good, Justin. Thank you so much. Okay. So disenchantment leads to disenfranchisement. And what we want to do is, and believe me, we've all been disenchanted at one time or another based on something that's happened or something that was said by someone else or an experience we had with a client. And then you felt guilty because you're like, I caused them to have a hair loss (laughs) or something. And then we feel disenchanted for a little while. And what we want to do is we want to help our teams get re-enchanted, I guess, is the best way to put it. Okay. So I know that this group here, I mean, I'm looking across here. You guys are the backbone of our entire organization, right? And there's, there's a lot of people listening today. I mean, it's everybody's kids are going back to school today. Some people are still on vacation, whatever. So there's actually a lot of people that are just missing right here. We normally have, mm, I'd say at least, I don't know how many on this call, but a lot more. Um, But I know that you guys are the backbone to our entire organization. You lead pages, you, you know, you lead in Morris tribe, you lead in Sim squad. And, you know, we've even got like the whole shore org out there. They're doing so amazing. And I know that you guys are the backbone. You're the structure. You're the people who, what we do and think sets the tone for the rest of the organization. Guess what? That's why we have this meeting on Mondays. It's not because we, God God knows we don't need another Zoom, but it's to set the tone so that we can all be in the same flight pattern because I can't reach every coach in my organization. Allison Wade, she can't reach every coach in her organization. Danielle, Misty, Amber, like everyone that I see here, what's important is that as we lead, the things we do get duplicated down into our business. Okay, that's why we do this, guys. It's so important for us to come together. When we weren't com- coming together as an organization uh, in, in our, of you know, our leaders in the organization, I, I definitely felt that I was like, oh, what's happening over here? And then I would, you know, I get told and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I want to know about that. I want us to be doing that. Or, or I see, you know, some challenges happening and it's just been such a great place for us to come together. And I am currently working on, um, I haven't quite called it, uh, named it yet, but like a mission statement kind of for our team, because I feel like our team is so uniquely its own. Our culture is so different than, than the other organizations. So I'll tell you guys more about that later. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about today is that this time of year, it's, it's very motivating, right? Because we have a lot of, of, busyness going on. There's action. There's people who, um, there's a coach in here who hit five, six CSB 
six new clients in like five days this month. Dude, I mean, goals, I want to do that. So really, really busy. I know a lot of people are bringing on new coaches and a lot of that is happening, but I'm going to tell you guys that with all the learning that we do on these calls, on the boot camp, on power hours, if we're doing something else or answering emails or messenger while these meetings are going on, you're going to be missing out. And then the biggest thing you're going to be missing out on is if you are hearing all the motivation, but you're not turning that into action. Have you ever been in a season where you were like learning, 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 growing, 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 and not actually turning around and putting that into action? Am I the only one? Okay, I've done it. I've done it multiple times a year <laughs> since I started coaching. Um, and, and yeah, everyone's like, yeah, me. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Um, but action is going to be antidote to feeling sad or sorry. And guess what? Got to listen to Diana. Diana says, put yourself 20 years ahead and reverse engineer that star star as Kim Freeman says. That's how her son writes the bad words. S-H star star. So she calls it star star. Um, I've got spirals and spirals and spirals. You would think I was a crazy person, but you know how they say like the, the 10,000 hours is to mastery? I, I, I don't even, somebody do the math. If, I, if you spent three hours a day doing something, how many years would it take you to reach 10,000 hours? So three times 365. I'm pretty sure that I feel like I've probably surpassed that. Now, why do I feel like I'm still not master? 10 years? Okay, fine. Maybe I'm not quite there yet, but hello. I feel like I have so much more work to do. And John Maxwell says, my goal when I started this personal growth journey was to retire at 40, to always grow and retire at 40. And well, I reached one of those goals. I turned 40, or how did he say it? Something like that. But he turned 40, but he never retired because he just can't stop the journey. And that's how I feel too. But guys, it's the work that we do. The learning is one thing. It's actually doing the work. So you bet your butt. I've got my map this month. I am working on it. I've got all these coaches. And as, a, as an FIBC or a person who is growing to FIBC, guess what? You can act like an FIBC before you hit the rank. The actions precede the rank. Very few people hit FIBC just sitting back and letting their FIBC do all the work. In fact, if you're growing FIBCs and you're doing all the work and they're not, you're doing something wrong. Okay? We do not grow a business for other people. We grow one to two strong legs with them. And then when we're on the stage, we're doing, we're acting it out. They're, they're our understudy. They're standing right on the stage with us. After you've grown the first one to two legs, you as the coach, the, the business coach, 
or the growing to be business coach goes behind the curtain and holds up the cue cards. You're there, you're watching, you're inspecting. You're constantly, constantly course correcting. Don't forget, I love Tiffany's thing about her trainer. That's how my trainer does. That's why I cried when she moved to Florida, <laughs> trying to get her back. But constant course correction. Didn't matter if I felt like I was doing it perfect or not. She always could find a way to help me be stronger and safer. Always. Every single one. So you're standing behind the curtain. You're holding up the cue cards. You don't walk off the stage and leave them hanging. They're not ready. They're not ready. Then they've grown one or two senior coach legs of business. So now they're up to four. So guess what? You don't walk away. You go sit in the front. You sit in the front row. You hold those cue cards. And as soon as they look at you, they're like that little kid. If you guys want to see something cute, go to like YouTube or shorts or something and find like little kids seeing their parents in the audience. Oh my gosh. It's like they're up there. They're terrified. They're like kindergartners and then they look around and then they go, oh, and then they start acting out the song and they're doing all the things as soon as they see their parent. Okay. You sit in the front row, you hold the cue cards up. And when they need help growing legs, number five and six, you are there. You're not going to be like, well, should have showed up to power hour one more day a week. No. You're there. You are there for them, guys. You got your cue cards in the hand. You got the flowers ready for when they grow to FIBC. So I am just thrilled because we have actually had a couple new FIBCs in the last few months. And we're gonna get back to the season of doing that and guess what it takes? Going senior coach again every month. Dan talked about it. Like, do we all like, do we have an ego? Like I can grow senior coaches. I don't even need to practice that skill set again. BS. Oh my gosh. It was a lot of work in December. I brought on two coaches. I thought my life was over. Like, oh my God, I don't even know how to do all this again. Right. It was busy. Two coaches were like a full-time job for like two full weeks. Inconvenient obedience. I, that's exactly what I did for them. One of them was like, oh, I can only do my training health assessments on Saturday and Sunday. Guess what? I was totally open on Saturday and Sunday, as far as they knew. I also onboarded six new clients. Forgot how busy that was too. Forgot how when you have to call them the first four days and you hear their dog barking in the background and you go, oh, what kind of dog do you have? connecting. One of them was getting out of work at 9.30 p.m. from the PACU. Very busy, very exhausted. She texted me, there's a room full of donuts in here. When I called her that night, I was like, you did it. You made it through the donut palooza or whatever. And we talked for like five or 10 minutes. This is someone who's done program before. She didn't need 10 minutes of me, but she did need 10 minutes of me. She needs that to be reconnected. It's been five years since she did program. 
I'm giving her the new client experience. I'm giving all of them the new client experience. And listen, there are no VIPs. I want, I'm going to treat every one of my clients as though they're Nick Johnson's mom, who, by the way, is on program with one of us. Did you guys know that? She's a secret shopper. And she is on program with one of us. So you better believe I am treating all of my clients like a VIP. And you know what? As a nurse, I've, I've told this story once, once or twice before, but in the hospital, I, was in, I worked in a Catholic hospital. And <clears throat> sometimes the nuns would come in because, you know, they were very old and they had aging issues like everybody else. And they would come into the ICU and the chargers would come up to me, Jen. We gave you Sister Mary and, you know, she's a VIP and they like kind of like they put like they had this little code that they would like when you had a VIP and um, someone from the CEO from the hospital, CNO came, came down and was like, you know, you have Sister Mary, right? And she's a VIP. And I just looked at her and I said, I treat her exactly the same as I do all of my patients because they're all VIPs. Got to get back to that mindset, guys. Got to treat all of our clients. I'm even calling my coaches. Not every single one. Some couple of you guys are like, well, I want a phone call. All right, I'll call you too. I'll make my list 45. It doesn't matter. 40, 45, I don't care. But we've got to be in action. Going senior coach every month, not just going senior coach, treating those clients like Sister Mary, making sure she had fresh water and her pillows were fluffed just so. By the way, that was one of my superpowers as an ICU nurse, best pillow fluffer in the world. And I took pride in that part. So don't forget about the tiny things. It's the tiny things and it's being in action. It's taking what we've learned, what we continue to learn, because guess what? That 10,000 hours will fly by. And I don't even know how every single day, like Diana Ross, being in the shower, listening to John Maxwell in the shower. You guys, if you're doing the work, it will come to you. All the things, like if you are looking for, what am I supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah, come to the power hour. Heck, lead a power hour. If there's anybody in here who's like, I could do that. You wanna do it? Come on, we'll teach you how to do it. Please, we'd love it. We love hearing from new voices. In fact, if you're like, oh, I just wouldn't be perfect. I mean, Helen Downey. Helen, by the way, I have heard from so many coaches over the last two weeks in all my phone calls, like reaching out to coaches in depth. Do you know what they say to me? God, I just love when Helen leads Power Hour. One of them said, yes, her voice is nice, but she always teaches me something new that I don't hear from other people. Boom. Okay. We need the different voices. And if you feel like you'd be imperfect doing it, even better. I don't want people to feel like they have to be perfect in order to lead. 
if you're like, oh gosh, my internet is wonky, my house isn't cute, my, you know, I'm in my robe, I don't care. So, in closing, I want to remind you guys that what we do on the stage when we are, when we have an understudy is what's going to get duplicated. So as you are dipping behind the curtain, like I have two new senior coaches, now I need to keep them in action. I'm going to help them go ED. If I just step off the stage and walk out of the auditorium, they're not gonna go executive director. They're not going executive director if I leave them. Do they know what to do? Yeah, kinda. But they're not gonna go executive director if I walk away from them. So be in action, be proactive, take all the things that you're learning and turn that into one or two action steps for your business every single day, okay? All right, super proud of you guys. Love you to the moon and back. Cannot wait to see all the wins we're gonna have at the end of this month. Have a great day. Let me pop ideas up real quick. Okay. Just so it's on the recording. Okay, fine. <laughs> You're such an admin, Bobby. There we go. Do the work. Love you guys. Bye.